We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I discuss the fact that I was called a right-wing religious wingnut on the campaign trail recently, and what my response is. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's rebellion. Today on the show, I'm going to discuss something that I haven't mentioned very often. In fact, I've tried to avoid it on the rebellion. I have made an intentional effort to not discuss the fact that I am running for political office right now as we speak. I announced a couple months ago that I was going to run for the position of county commissioner for District 1 in Osage County, Oklahoma. Now, I haven't discussed it much on the rebellion because I didn't think it was necessarily appropriate to use this as a platform for my political ambitions. Um, But today I'm going to break that rule a little bit because I want you to hear what I've been called by some of the folks here in Osage County who are standing against my candidacy. I've been called a right-wing religious wingnut. One more time, a right-wing religious wingnut. And I want to share with you what my response is to that particular ad hominem attack, that name-calling, that label that some folks have tried to put on me. Again, a right-wing religious wingnut. So let's take a break, and when I get back, I'm going to share a little bit more of the story with you and um, give you just a taste of what my response is. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. As I said before the break, I have made an intentional effort to not discuss the fact that I announced a couple months ago that I am seeking political office. Now, it's not state senator. It's not state representative. It certainly isn't at the federal level. Um, It's at the county level. I've announced that I'm running for county commissioner for District 1 in Osage County, and I've intentionally decided to not use this podcast and radio show as a platform for that effort. I don't want anybody listening to think I'm just using this show for my political ambitions. So you'll notice I haven't discussed this much at all. I may have hinted at it once or twice, but I have not used this particular radio show and podcast. I have not used the rebellion as a platform for my political campaign, and I won't do so. In fact, I don't even intend to do so today. The only reason I'm bringing it up today is 
that I was called a right-wing religious wingnut recently on the campaign trail. Apparently, one of my detractors, if not more, have taken to labeling me as being right-wing religious and a wingnut because of my views and my values, because of my worldview, because of the things I say and because of the things I write, because of the things I communicate here on The Rebellion, I've been labeled right-wing, religious, and a wingnut. And today I want to share with you what my response to that is, because I don't think I'm the only one who's been called that. In fact, many of you listening may have been called similar names. I mean, you know what we're being, what we're being called by the elites, by the smart folks in Washington, D.C. We're being called deplorables. We're being called irredeemable. We're being called credulous rubes. We're being told that we lack gray matter. We're being told that we want to drink bleach as a medical treatment. These people apparently don't even understand uh, hyperbole. They don't even understand sarcasm. I'm not too sure they understand much of anything other than their own egos, and I'm not even sure they have a full grasp of what that is and how controlling and how corrupting and how warped their egos are in terms of forming their daily ideas and their daily agenda. Um, Different show, different time, I suppose. So I've been called this name. One of my political detractors, I guess, has been going around recently saying that I'm a right-wing religious wingnut. Um, It seems that my conservative views, you know, those things that I talk about often on this show, those things that I believe should be conserved, my conservative views on everything from, oh, let's say the right to life, to the right to bear arms, to the right to self-governance, to the right (laughs) to the right to do anything that our Constitution that our Constitution specifies. The right to life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. I don't know. I guess all of my conservative views have earned, have earned my detractors opprobrium. I guess what I hear them saying in their condemnation is that Piper and his ilk are nut jobs. These conservative rubes are the bane of our existence. They are to blame for all that ails us. How could anyone even think of voting for these idiots? That's what I hear when I hear somebody throw out that that type of an attack and try to pin that label on your nose. Right-wing religious wingnut. Well, Here's at least part of my response, and I want you to hear it. If believing that we have no king in America, but rather all authority rests with we the people, and by the way, you know who said that? Governor Morris, who was the author of the preamble of the United States Constitution. I'm going to read his words again, that we the people are the authority in America. We have no king. 
All authority rests with we, the people. Governor Morris, author of the preamble of the United States Constitution. If believing that, that we, the people, are the authority, if that makes me a right-winger, I guess I'm guilty as charged. Well, how about this one? If holding that our government is uniquely of the people, by the people, and for the people. Who said that? Well, Abraham Lincoln did, but it even goes back to the 1500s. Wycliffe said it in his translation of the Bible. Abraham Lincoln didn't coin those words. We attribute them to him. Oh, he used them, he believed in them, but he, he quoted them from Wycliffe in the 1500s. If holding that our government is uniquely of the people, by the people, and for the people, Abraham Lincoln, Wycliffe, etc., if that makes me too conservative, then I guess I stand condemned. Oh, if arguing that our country, in our country, in our country, no politician or bureaucrat ever has the legal or moral authority to tell us what to inject in our bodies, what to wear on our face, when we can go shopping, and whether or not we can go to church. If that makes me a wingnut, then so be it. No, nobody in our country, no politician, no bureaucrat has any authority, legal or moral, to tell us what these jokers in Washington, D.C. and in your state capitals are telling you to do now. What you have to wear on your face? Are you serious? When you can go shopping? When you can go to a restaurant? When you can go to school? How far apart you have to stand? And now they're actually suggesting that they have the right to tell you what to inject in your bodies. And the thing they're telling you to put in your bodies hasn't been around long enough to test its efficacy and safety. By definition, it hasn't been around long enough to go through the standard rigor of the FDA and other, all other drug experiments, testing, and application to the public. If saying what I just said makes me a wingnut, then so be it. If believing that a republic is anchored in the premise that no unjust authority bears any obligation to obedience. That's a quote from Alexander, excuse me, Alexander Hamilton, who, among other things, co-authored the Federalist Papers. No unjust authority bears any obligation to obedience. You Christians out there who keep throwing around Romans 13 as if we're obligated to bow every time the king says so, no, you're not. That passage says that you are obligated to respect the government. What is the definition of the government in the United States? We don't have a king. We have a constitution. We don't have a pope we are a government of the people, by the people, for the people. And no unjust authority bears any obligation to obedience. Any authority, quote-unquote, that rises up and tries to circumvent the authority of the people is an unjust authority in the United States. They do not represent the government. They are trying to overthrow it. 
Am I making my point clear? If believing that, and and if believing that it is self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. And finally, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it. Do you know where I quoted that from? By the way, Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin, John Jay and others were responsible for putting those words together in our Declaration of Independence. If believing that puts me on the right rather than the wrong side of the present political debate, then I guess that's me. Right-wing religious wingnut? If believing these things makes me that, then I am one. If believing that God defines life and that you don't, If believing that marriage is a sacrament of the church and not the business of the state, if believing that a female is a biological fact and not the fabrication of a dysphoric male, if believing that children should be protected and not not indoctrinated by by kiddie porn, if believing that it is eminently better to judge people by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. If believing these things makes me a religious zealot, then I'll wear that label with pride. Uh, More. I've got more. If believing that the Bible is the best of all books. I'm quoting right now. Again, if believing that the Bible is the best of all books, for it is the word of God and teaches us the way to be happy in this world and the next, that's John Jay, president of the Continental Congress, and if believing that in the Holy Scriptures we find words that can alone secure to society order and peace and to our courts of justice and our constitutions of government, purity and stability. Oh, that's James McHenry, a signer of the Constitution, by the way. If believing those things makes me a nut job, then I guess that's what I am. Seriously, people. I'm reading quotes. I've quoted Martin Luther King that we should judge people by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. I have quoted I have quoted Governor Morris who wrote the preamble of the United States Constitution, We the People. I've quoted Abraham Lincoln and Wycliffe that the government is of the people, by the people, and for the people, and that the Bible sets the context for that form of government. 
I've said that I don't believe that any politician has the right to tell you what to wear and what to inject in your body, where to go shopping, when you can go to a restaurant, whether or not you can go to school, how, how far apart you have to stand, whether or not you can actually use the restroom if other family members in your house are using the same. And they're actually discussing doing what Australia is doing right now, building internment camps for those that won't comply and won't bow to the grand and glorious Anthony Fauci. I've quoted Alexander Hamilton that no unjust authority bears any obligation to obedience. And as you know, I've also quoted Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin, and I've read directly from the Declaration of Independence. That we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And remember that happiness is not just pleasure. In fact, it's the antithesis of that. When they talk about happiness, a good way to think about it is they're referring to the antithesis, the opposite of haplessness. And if you're hapless, what does that mean? It means you're without direction, you're without purpose. You're listing to and fro. You're double-minded and unstable in all of your ways. You don't know who you are. You're not happy. The pursuit of happiness is the pursuit of purpose. The pursuit of purpose for your life. And why do you want liberty? What's the purpose of liberty? Don't allow anybody to degrade these rich words by suggesting that all it means is pursuing pleasure. No, that is not what they were saying. I mean, if I stand up for the dignity of women and, and, and the fact that they're real and not leprechauns and unicorns and that Title IX is dead, if we start allowing biological men to steal a woman's sport and facility and scholarship and court time, does that make me a religious zealot? If I'm disturbed by the fact that our public schools are peddling kitty porn to elementary school kids under the banner of LGBTQIA alphabet soup lunacy, and that you have pictures that I could not post on my Facebook page, you wouldn't want to look at them if I posted them. I don't know, I might have the police showing up at my front door if I posted them because arguably I would be guilty of violating child porn laws if I posted these pictures. But yet these books in your public schools that are available for your elementary age kids, your junior high kids, and older, these books have the... That's where the pictures are coming from that I can't and I won't post because they're awful. But yet your kids are getting them in schools. And when you complain about it, you're now labeled a domestic terrorist and the FBI has your name and may investigate you because you complained. If pointing all of this stuff out makes me right-wing, a religious zealot, a wingnut, whatever that means, 
if believing this stuff makes me that, then I guess, I guess that's what I am, folks. Like I said, if believing that the Bible is the best of all books, for it is the word of God and teaches us the way to be happy, happy, purpose, in this world and the next, John Jay, president of the Continental Congress. If believing that the Holy Scriptures can alone secure to society order and peace and to our courts of justice and our constitutions of government, purity and stability. James McHenry, signer of the Constitution. I guess this all makes me a nut job. And if you share these views, I guess you are too. I'd like to suggest something as I get ready to go in the home stretch of today's show. I'd like to suggest that my critics and your critics, your dissenters and my dissenters, those that are disturbed by the fact that I'm a Jesus freak, I'd like to ask them to do something before they open their mouth again. And this is what I'd like to ask them to do. Read. Go try to read a little bit. Read. Read something other than whatever it is that your addled brain is fixated on right now. Read a little bit before before you venture down this path of ad hominem attacks. Here, maybe maybe start with this. Start with this, and I quote, The teachings of the Bible are so interwoven and entwined with our whole civic and social life that it would be literally, literally impossible for us to figure to ourselves what life would be if these teachings were removed. We should lose almost all the standards by which we now judge both public and private morals. Almost every man who has added to the sum of human achievement, of which, of which excuse me, the human race is so proud, has based his life's work largely upon the teachings of the Bible. Close quote. Who said it? Class, raise your hand. That's right. Teddy Roosevelt. I guess that man whose image is carved into Mount Rushmore is a wingnut. He's too right-wing and he's too religious. Or maybe this one. Maybe this one. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people and is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. You know that one. That's John Adams. One more time. Listen to this quote from Teddy Roosevelt. Again, I'm adding to those that I've already cited of Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, Gouverneur Morris, John Jay, Martin Luther King Jr., The list goes on and on. Alexander Hamilton, Wycliffe. The teachings of the Bible are so interwoven and entwined with our whole civic and social life that it would be literally impossible for us to figure to ourselves what life would be if these teachings were removed. 
The only thing I may disagree with here in terms of Teddy Roosevelt's quote is, it's not impossible for us to figure unto ourselves what life would be like if these teachings were removed because we're removing them right now. And these people that are accusing me of being a right-wing religious wingnut have shown us exactly what life will be if these teachings are removed. And it's going to be hell. It's going to be despotic. It's going to be an Orwellian dystopia. That's what life will be if these teachings are removed. It will be peddling porn to our children and degrading women by suggesting they aren't even biological facts. That's what life will be. It will be waving the rainbow of subjective identity claims to the extent that you can claim that you're a cat and dress in a cat costume and the school actually will accommodate you. Yes, that's a fact. Why not? If you can claim that you're anything else that is exactly the opposite of what science says you are, why can't you pretend to be a cat? My goodness, pretend to be a unicorn. If that's what your feelings dictate, then that's who you are, right? Our Constitution was made only for immoral and religious people. It's not going to work. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Our Constitutional Republic presumes a lot of right-wing religious wingnuts as citizens. People you know that think it's important to control yourself, that think maybe there is a God out there that's bigger than you, that our rights, our liberties are self-evident and they're endowed to us by our creator. They're not granted to us by government. My dissenter would do well to read all of this stuff, I would suggest. But I'm going to add to the list here in the last 60 seconds. Here's something else he should read. How long... Will the simple-minded delight in scoffing? How long will fools hate knowledge? That's King Solomon right there, folks. Or perhaps this. There will be grumblers finding fault for the sake of gaining an advantage. Mockers who cause division. That's St. James, the Apostle of Christ. You know, my mom always told me, you're known by the company you keep. And if keeping company with the likes of Benjamin Franklin... John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, Governor Morris, Alexander Hamilton, Teddy Roosevelt, Wycliffe. If keeping company with the likes of St. James and King Solomon, if if keeping company with these men makes me a right-wing religious wingnut, then I guess I'll wear that badge with honor. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.